This has happened on several occasions, usually at Oshkosh, but I will meet students that have gone that are going to a four-year college that didn't know they could have become a pilot in a matter of five and a half months. Right. And That's so, what I mean. It, times are just now starting to change. People are starting to realize you don't have to go to a four-year college because by then you're behind. Welcome to the Bravo Lima podcast. Skies are clear, comms are open. This is episode one. Welcome to the pilot episode. <laughs> I really love this podcast. It was really fun because we got to, well, for, it's our first one. It's our pilot episode. It's our second first one. It's our second first one because we had to refilm this. But it was really cool because we got to talk about the purpose of the Bravo Lima podcast. We got to talk about what Blue Line is, where we came from. Um, yeah, we got to talk about the career pilot program a little bit. So, and we got uh, interrupted by Benny and Goose. Yes, so our, it, our director of mischief and our chief marketing officer <laughs> joined us. Those were our special visitors today. Our director of mischief uh, almost wrecked our entire podcast studio. Yes. So. He, he was living up to his name, his yeah. job, his job duties. Yeah. That being said, let's get right into the podcast. Welcome to our first episode of our first podcast. Well, I don't know why we would have more than one podcast, but yeah, this is our first one. And um, what? What's with the face? You're just making me laugh. <laughs> Already. <laughs> one minute in. My name's Andy. I do the marketing for Blue Line Aviation. And my co-host here, Ashley. And Goose. And Goose. Goose is our Goose is our marketing officer. Is it chief chief marketing officer? Yes, I think so. Chief marketing officer. And I handle sales and marketing. Aren't you the vice president? <laughs> she's she's trying to be I'm humble. Modest. Yeah, modest is a good word for it. Goose is the chief marketing officer. <laughs> this actually isn't the first time that we've recorded this episode. The first one got recorded, and the audio was all over the place. But we're learning. Oh, we're being rude. We didn't even introduce. Um, our producer, David. So David, you got to say hi. Hello. Uh, clap. Golf clap. He's the one that's behind everything, helping us out. He um, reminds me of Wilson from Tool Time. You can, oh, all, we can, right. we can only see his, you know, his eyes above the camera. Was his name Wilson? Was yeah. that his name? Wilson. 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 Why Wilson Wilson? I don't know. You have to ask. Um, uh, that was 90s humor, I guess. Yeah. Oh, mm. okay. Well, you, were, you weren't even born in the 90s. Oh, no. You would have been born in the 90s. Yeah, that's right. You would have been. So don't need to go that deep into his private life. Um, but <laughs> David, what's your date of birth? It's also a scary number. <laughs> Today's podcast is going to be really fun, but it's just going to be introductory. You're going to get to meet me, get to meet Ashley, understand where we come from um, and how we got to Blue Line. And then we're also going to talk about this podcast and generally what we are, are going to be doing with it and what its purpose is. And so. a little bit about Blue Line and what we do. Yeah, because you may not know what Blue Line is. So um, Hopefully actually, you do, but if you don't, we'll teach you. Actually, you want to go ahead and start off talking about who you are and how you actually got to Blue Line? Yeah. So let's go way back to the 90s <laughs> when David was born. Um, <laughs> because I got into aviation when I was young. My uncle had a Mooney. Can you find that again? The plane? The Mooney? The, is it an M20? Yeah, it was an M20. Okay, so, yep. so my uncle had a Mooney M20 and he used to come pick me up because um, he had offices in Virginia and Florida. So he would pick me up on the way and it got me really interested in aviation. I used to get those, um, those aviation magazines and cut out the planes and stick them on my wall and tell everybody I was going to be a pilot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was like a gamer when I was younger and my username was pilot 182. Of course it was. <laughs> um, 
So well, I'm curious though, like when you when he was picking you up in the Mooney, was that was he letting? Okay, assume the FA is not watching. Was he letting you fly the plane and everything? I don't remember flying the plane. Um, really, I don't. And he wasn't a mm. CFI, so okay. Um, I definitely didn't log any time. <laughs> if you're watching, no, I, re- I really didn't. But um, I just remember being like enthralled with everything he was doing and the communications right. and everything. Um, I do remember one time he let me talk on the radio. He let me like check in with a center or something. Why did, wow, I got lost for a second. I was thinking like the radio radio, like the, no, like, welcome to WRAO. No, no, like <laughs> you are a pilot, right? Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> I do have my ratings. <laughs> so no, like he let me check in with like one of the centers or something. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then I bought Flight Simulator for like my my Windows XP computer. Do you remember which version it was? Like Microsoft, or it was Flight Simulator 2000, I think. Was it one it's just a cockpit view, I think it was? Or no? No, there was a... It, it's the one before the most recent one that came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got that and I would just, you know, I thought I was so cool because I could fly like a 737. Um, and I would I would do all the communications and everything, even though you don't have to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of, um, I was obsessed. Um, but you mean then, the communications on the game itself? Yeah, I would just like talk out loud. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, they actually have... I would talk to myself. They have like ATC. They do and, now. And it's, but yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back then you just used to like, it would be like ground, yeah. you know, and now I just used to do it all. So <laughs> anyways, um, and then, you know, like back in the nineties and like the two thousands, it really wasn't a thing for people to not go to college. It was like still in that, you know, everybody went to college or you went to the military and went to college. Obviously it wasn't even a thought in my mind that I could go to flight school. Um, so cause what year would this have been? I graduated high school in 2011. So, I mean, even back then, even though that wasn't that long ago, yeah, for it was. Sure. Obviously, times are much different now. You know, we have like Blue Line. You know, that we didn't have what we have now. So, um, so I went to school and got my degree and in in hotel management and did that. And then eventually, um, I moved to North Carolina to open a hotel in Chapel Hill. So I remember calling like a couple flight schools and I called Blue Line um, and I met with Adam, our president. Name drop. Um, Name drop. <laughs> and he, you know, got me in for a discovery flight that same day. Um, I did. Disco- what was his role at the time? Our chief pilot, I believe. Okay. Yeah. He had just gotten out of the army. So. Okay. Um, so yeah. So he um, got me a discovery flight. Um, I started, you know, the next week. Um, and I did it part time because I was working at a 24 seven hotel. And it took me like a year to get my private pilot license where <laughs> here now it takes you like three weeks. Yeah, which we'll get into what Blue Line is and everything in the moment. But but that's just crazy how long it took me. Of course, I was doing it, you know, I was training one or two times a week. So, sure. of course, it took me that long. Um, you learn a lot quicker when you're training multiple times a day, every day. It took me about a year, and then finally, I was a pilot. But before that, um, Blue Line started their growth and really expanding into the career pilot program. And so they needed people to work here. Maybe we should get into this later. I don't know. But I just remember it wasn't called the Career Pilot Program. It was called... The AP- Airline Pilot Academy. Okay. So APA. it was APA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. little fun um, fact for yeah. alumni and students that are a part of the program. Yeah. we. I mean, my husband went through the program when it was called APA. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, cool. But now, then we realized, obviously, not everybody wants to go the airline. Some people want to go cargo. Some people want to go charter. So we changed it to Career Pilot Program. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Anyways... Um, I would say December of 2018, Blue Line started their growth, focusing on the career pilot program. They needed, you know, people to advise the students before they got here and everything. Um, 
And so I applied because, you know, I was, like I said, I was working literally 24 yeah. seven. Um, and for I, the hotel thing for the hotel. Yeah. Managing mm. that hotel. And I was like, why not? Because I'm, you know, at that point I was like really into becoming a pilot even more so than when I was a kid yeah. and I got the job. And so in January, 2019, I started with blue line and then I got my license in May, 2019. So, Oh, weird. Yeah. You weren't too far behind when I ended up starting. Yes. Okay. Yes. I have memories of you coming in to tour. And that's right. Because you were, okay. So you would have been a training advisor at that mm -hmm. time. Yep. Okay. And so you were never, so you weren't a manager at the time. Nope. I just started as a training advisor helping um, all of, you know, students like you when you came in. Okay. Took you on tours. You know, explained the program, um, answered questions, helped you find financing, stuff like that. Okay. Still now here. as the vice president yep. of for sales and marketing. Yep. four years. It's going to be four years next month. That's insane to me. Yeah, it was weird. My two-year just passed, and I was like, what? Whoops. Congratulations. <laughs> <You> know, thanks. <laughs> it's crazy because I've seen, you know, where we started. You know, when I came on, we were literally just starting the career pilot program. Um, we would have maybe one or two students per month doing the program, and, you know, now I go downstairs, and I have to reintroduce myself every day. So Yeah, it's weird. I always mistake this place for being a startup and everything, So, which it's it's – at this point, it's definitely not because yeah. we, how many employees do we have at this point? Um, I think 65. 65. So, how'd you get here, Andy? <laughs> she knows. She was watching me go through the program. A while ago, I used to live in Florida and I was looking for a career. I, I come from a background where I had always worked for myself and I was trying to find a path in life that I wanted to be able to work under somebody else or for somebody else and be okay with it. This pilot thing's kind of a good gig. So <laughs> it's kind of a cool job, right? So I pursued that. And that was in 2019. And in the midst of me pursuing, trying to find flight schools, um, I had a list of 20 flight schools and ended up narrowing that list of flight schools down to two. And it was between us and ATP. And I made a video about that, and which is nuts in itself. I don't understand how it blew up the way it did. And it still does. Students to this day still walk in saying that they, they're coming here because of that video. Like the other day we had, you made that video in 2020, right? 2019 is when I, yeah, I got posted in 2020. Right. Yeah. So you made it in 2020. It's almost 2023. And literally on Thursday, we were at a graduation and the graduate oh. said, I came here because of your video. Love you both for saying that, by the way. You're the first person to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, I always appreciated that. And it's cool to see how it's helped a lot of people figure out what flight schools to go to. Because some people used it not only to go to Blue Line, but they used it as a template to choose what flight school does suit them. Right. And that was the purpose of that video. So um, I ended up choosing Blue Line over ATP. And I'm not going to go into why because my I literally have an hour-long video of why I chose Blue Line. And uh, I'm really glad I did because I got to be a part of something that it's, it's crazy to think that Blue Line was probably half of its size two years ago when probably, I was going through I would say even probably less than Maybe half. even less. So not only was I able to go through a program, the most efficient program in the nation, but I became a pilot, got to fly in really cool planes. I became an instructor. At the time, the owner of the flight school had reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do marketing and do it part-time with instructing. And as I got into marketing, because that's my past is marketing, um, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try it out. And it ended up becoming a full-time gig for me. So now here I am. I do almost everything marketing related at this point. I think it's really cool too how you can, you know, like for me, and we will get into this on another podcast, but for me, I don't have a medical anymore. So I get to combine my my passion of aviation with helping students, you know, be, follow their dreams. Yeah. And now 
you did the same thing, but you told me you really don't have that passion to go to the airlines, right? Yeah. So I went into, and a lot of people ask this, and I'm going to have to make a video for myself on my own personal channel on this. Um, it's not necessarily that, um, that aviation isn't for me. I love aviation. I look forward to, I keep looking up planes to buy on a daily basis. Um, and I intend, I intend to be a pilot just more in the recreational sense. Right. Um, once again, I'll go in more depth of why I went this route in a, in a previous, uh, or in a, in a video on my personal channel. You mentioned going into aviation because it was something you were always interested in, but you were in the air force and you were always around planes, right? Yeah, I was a, so I was in the air force. I was in for about six years, actually based out of Seymour Johnson. So I worked on air refuelers, which is essentially planes that refuel other planes in the in sky. The air. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that really simple. So yeah, I was around planes, but I never knew I was interested in being a pilot. I mean, I hung around these guys all right. the time. It just never dawned on me that it would ever be a future for me. Um, especially because everybody looks at becoming a pilot as a bridge too far for several reasons. It could be financial reasons because they're like, oh, I, who can, who has that kind of money to just put down financing. Um, and then there's also the idea of that, you know, you have to have a four year degree to become a pilot and that's not true. I look forward to future podcasts where we really deep dive that type those type of subjects. Yeah, for sure. So what I really like to get into is to dive into what this podcast is about. Do you know why we call it? The Bravolino podcast? Did I ever tell you? Um, yeah. Well, you didn't tell me, but I can take an educated guess. Oh, I told you on the first time we recorded this. Right. So I was just pretending like we didn't do that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. My previous answer was that it's because that's our tail numbers all end in Bravo Lima. Yeah. Like that's blue, right. Because in okay. like blue line, Bravo Lima. Yeah. So if you ever. For us, all of our tail numbers, if you look at any of our planes, um, the way we signify who we are when we're flying around and talking to ATC or other pilots is we say our tail number, right? So let's say I'm in one of the, the planes is uh, 413 Bravo Lima, right? So it's Bravo Lima at the end of that number is the BL, which stands for blue line. Because it's the, and this is what you were questioning me on before, it's called the ICAO phonetic alphabet. And it is ICAO, um, which is essentially there's a way that we enunciate our letters it's not being misunderstood what we're saying is what I right. should say. Because if I was just in the air saying 413BL, it could be mistakenly EL or PL. Yeah. So there's all these different things that go on and enunciating the letters make sure that, you know, it stays true. That's why if you ever hang around pilots, that's why we now say our entire alphabet and we'll say the full word. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, the whole thing. Random um, sidebar. Um, have you ever flown to, through the Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson International Airport? Have I, like, like in, in our plane or, like, no, no, commercially? No, like, just commercially. No. You've never flown through ATL? Oh, yeah, I have. No, okay. sorry. I have. So have you ever taken the plane train? I've it's been like on the, the train. Yeah, okay, that's called the plane train. Oh, is I've it? I've flown I there, like, 27 <laughs> times, if you can't tell. Um, this is just a random sidebar. You don't have to put this in here. I just wanted to tell you. So you know how the phonetic alphabet is Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta? Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're on the plane train, so they, you know, they go through the stops and they go, we're arriving at A as an alpha. Gate A as an alpha. Okay. B as in Bravo. Well, you know Delta, their main hub oh. is in Atlanta. Yeah. So I always found it interesting when you go through the D gate, they don't say Delta, they say David. They say D as in David. And I finally realized, <laughs> I finally realized it's because they can't say D as in Delta because that would confuse people who don't understand the phonetic alphabet. Oh. Because then they think, oh, I'm flying Delta. I have to get off on this on this terminal. What okay? What should have happened is Delta should have bought the Delta terminal. True, and then been yeah. all good. I mean, that's true, but 
That's crazy to think about. Yeah, that would have bothered me. So I used to, for my previous job. Nothing against job, your name. Yeah. <laughs> but it did bother me because when I would, but for my previous job, when I was traveling, I flew all the time. So mm-hmm. I would always fly through Atlanta and it would, and I was still obviously into being, a, becoming a pilot and it would really bother me. I'd be like, why are they not saying Delta? Would they say, but when they go through the other gates? They say the right letters. Will they say Alpha, Bravo? Yes. Okay, they say okay. A is in Alpha, B is in Bravo, C is in Charlie, D is in David, David. B is in Echo, F is in, <laughs> I don't know what they say at F actually. Foxtrot. No, they do. Say, I know, but I don't know if they say that. Either it's neither here nor there. They don't say Delta. Anyways, that was a random sidebar. I thought would be interesting about the phonetic alphabet. I mean, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did ask the president of the Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson International Airport, and they did say it was named after David, our producer. You have been to the airport way too much. I know. It's. I used to be able to recite the plane train like verbiage. <laughs> Thank you for boarding the plane train. So another element to why we call it the Bravo Lima podcast is because our tail number is known in other airspaces. So um, because we our planes oversaturate this airspace, uh, everywhere we go, we always say our tail number, and it ends in Bravo Lima. So when we enter Raleigh or Greensboro and we say 413 Bravo Lima, they have a pretty good indication of who it is that they're dealing with. So, so Is 413 your favorite plane? No, 113 is, which is funny. We only had – okay, at the time when I was going through, we had – there was another plane that didn't have Bravo Lima. 113 and 401. That was Bravo Lima. Yeah, that was Bravo Lima. 113 yeah. was my favorite. 113 November Golf, which we sold, which is unfortunate. The purpose of the podcast. Yes. It'd be interesting to get your perspective on this because you had, actually, we didn't even talk about this on the first time we filmed this. Um, so the purpose of this podcast is because we kept running into situations where creating content on specific subjects is difficult because it would just be so long and drawn out. And the format of the videos that we do, either you know the vertical TikTok videos or the long form that is on YouTube, it just doesn't suit it well enough. So having thorough discussions here really helps out right. with, with that. So I think it'll help explain um, you know, frequently asked questions or different subjects that people are really curious about yeah. um, in a better format, like you just said. And I think one thing that's been really growing for Blue Line is its culture. So this is a huge thing. So when you have a, oh, we should actually talk about what Blue Line is. <laughs> so Blue Line is a flight school. We're based out of Johnson Regional Airport out of uh, Smithfield, North Carolina. It's so, I always forget we're in Smithfield. I know, me too. It doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Um, but we're out of Smithfield, looking at a second location in Florida. We'll see. So Blue Line actually got started 10 years ago. So 10 years ago in November, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. This is our ten year and this is our ten year anniversary. Um, so Blue Line actually got started when our when our co founder, um, one of our co founders, he actually went to flight school at ATP, um, and he just didn't feel like the experience was everything he was hoping it would be. It was like super subpar for him or something. Yeah. yeah. And he decided he wanted to create something that would be more efficient, um, better quality better quality of life for the instructors and this and the staff. And he did that. Um, so and he wasn't just coming from a random, like nothing, like he comes right. from an aviation background. Right. So he, he had been around aviation for a while. Right. So. We still have that small business feel where you can still have a conversation with our president, you know, as an example, um, as a student. So that's really important, you know, at other flight schools that are massive, you're not going to have that opportunity um, to feel like every single person from the top to the bottom really cares about you. Um, and you will have that here. Yeah. I remember that was one of the things that was brought up about um, when I was comparing flight schools was your direct connection to management. And that was a huge deal because people were like, well, how could you possibly expect that, you know, from a school? And it's like, well, it's not something that's just 
out of the norm. Like it's, right. it's, it's literally possible. Um, at any point when I was going through the program, I mean, I had direct connection to Trey the entire time and it's no different now with Adam, who is the president of the company. Um, he like you, you have access to him at any point. Right. And it's really cool to see where we started and where we are today. Yeah. Um, and how started with like two Cessnas or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and where we are not even, not even with our planes or our facility, but just how many students we've been able to help get, yeah. you know, achieve their dreams and we're continuing to do so. Yeah. So we have our famous, our world famous career pilot program. <laughs> um, we're working on the world famous. Yes. Um, our career pilot program is the most efficient in the nation. Um, you can finish the entire program in as little as five and a half months. Mm-hmm. And that gets you seven certificates starting from scratch in as little as five and a half months. And there's so much, it is crazy because so that's another thing, right? Is that being that we're the most efficient program in the nation that creates some controversy online. People seem to not be able to accept that. So they'll, they'll either think that one, it's not possible two we're lying three, it's dangerous. And all three of those we've addressed in our social media, but in, in general, like this program is amazing in that sense. Like we've been able to be efficient with an amazing safety track record. You know, there are people out there that don't know about us. Actually, I've met this has happened on several occasions, usually at Oshkosh, but I will meet students that have gone that are going to a four-year college that didn't know they could have become a pilot in a matter of five and a half months. Right. Um, and That's so, what I mean. Going back to my story, it times are just now starting to change yeah. where you like people are starting to realize you don't have to go to a four-year college because by then you're behind. You know, everybody that's coming here is done in six months, essentially less than six months. Yeah. And then they can work on their degree while they're instructing. And then they're, you know, higher seniority than the people that are going through the four-year colleges. Not only are we the most efficient program, we are the most efficient path to becoming a career pilot because of what you just said, right? Right. Because you become a pilot, you get your certificates and ratings, start instructing while you're instructing, get your college degree, right? Right. Which you, and actually another thing too, you don't need a college degree anymore. And I know we've made content on this because that was huge this year that there is no major carrier now that holds the uh, four-year degree requirement. Is it preferred? Yeah. But is it required? No. And we have students left and right that are getting in with no problems. So um, let's just touch on that one more time. To be clear, there is not (laughs) one major carrier that requires a degree anymore. Mm -hmm. We're talking Delta, American, even FedEx and UPS. Nobody requires it. Again, it is preferred, but it's not required. The, so the barrier to entry to becoming a career pilot is lower now than it ever has been. Even though that flight training is more expensive than it has been in the past, it's still cheaper because of that one major factor there, right? Is that not only are you having to pay for flight school, but you're also having to pay for that four-year degree. Right. That's not the case anymore, right? So it's it's amazing that that's a thing now. That being said, uh, because us being the most efficient program, that creates a lot of controversy. That's This podcast will allow us to have more long-form discussions to talk about things that people have questions about. Right. <laughs> I really want oh, – do you think, just for funsies, I could um, put this mic in his face while he chews on a treat? Because I love the sound of dogs chewing on treats. Like it's an ASMR thing. But not in real – like when, when it's like mic'd. <laughs> <laughs> he said no. Goose, do you have anything to add? <laughs> we're going to be bringing on graduates, instructors, uh, people from the airlines, recruiters, pilots that are already there. Um, we're going to be talking to FAA representatives. Uh, sorry, we have another dog visitor. Hi, everyone. This is Benny. He is our chief. Oh, oh, oh. Just 
Just make sure he's careful on the course. <laughs> he's our he's our director of mischief. And as you can see, he is destroying our podcast room. <laughs> oh. Hi. Benny is just destruction. <laughs> okay, so Goose, you've already been introduced to. Benny, the one she's trying to get attention. What's his what is Benny's title? Director of Mischief. So, as you can see. Because he is wild. And he almost wrecked our entire podcast studio. <laughs> so after our brief, uh, our, our temporary guest, Benny. <laughs> Welcome back from our brief um, intermission. A brief intermission. Um, so the type of people we're going to be bringing on to this podcast is going to be instructors, graduates, people from the airlines. Um so it's going to be really fun talking to a bunch of people. Even the FAA, there's a subject that I want to make a video on, even on my personal channel about left final, which if you're a pilot, it is such a controversial subject. And it's actually a really interesting subject. But those are things that we would love to discuss on here with official FAA representatives. So I, I look forward to having discussions like that, especially if they get a little, maybe a little heated. So well, we're going to bring on our program manager. Um, who am, I, am I missing anybody? Um, our, probably our co-founders. Yeah, that's um, right. We will bring on probably sponsors that, that we have, like um, our partners. Blue Line has sister companies, um, Low and Slow Smokehouse. Low, low and Slow, the Southern Vietnamese. Low and Slow Smokehouse. <laughs> but um, so, like Low and Slow Smokehouse, who is on the third floor. Uh, so, there's a barbecue restaurant on the top of our flight school. And that's another thing about Blue Line, too, by the way, that we forgot to mention is that we have this amazing 50,000 square facility. We are we have in house maintenance in our hangars. Yeah, so I don't think you're forgetting anybody. Our co founders, oh. our, par our partners from our sister companies, probably. And influencers. Influencers. Le Captain Morgan. Can't yes. look forward to getting her on here. But she she is an influencer, but she's also a graduate. Oh, that's right. She's yeah, she's a graduate of ours. So um and then of course, as you already saw, we had our first guest today, Goose and Benny. Goose and Benny. <laughs> um so why wouldn't you want to come to Blue Line? You have dogs, you have barbecue, <laughs> you have really great culture. I mean, that's all I need. Let's think about this. So dogs, barbecue, fifty thousand square foot facility. Modern planes, modern airplanes, a real sim, a sim of an of an actual plane. Yes, it so, actually costs more than an, an airplane. Does it really? Yes, because so it's the it's the fuselage of a Diamond Forty that yeah. can be converted into a Diamond Forty Two for multi training as well. But the computers in it are so expensive because it's panoramic that oh, yeah. it costs more than an actual Diamond Forty airplane. Well, now you know. Fun fact. <laughs> I'm Don't. just full of all the fun facts today. As long as there's no criminals watching this podcast, please don't steal our podcast or steal our podcast or our podcast <laughs> or our podcast. Don't steal our sim. Have fun stealing that thing, though. Um, yeah, not possible. <laughs> um, OK, cool. So I think we should take advantage of this moment and go ahead and answer questions from our followers. You done? OK. And yeah, before that, I want to mention that today's episode is sponsored by Low and Slow Smokehouse, the finest barbecue in the Triangle area. So I have to admit, this feels cool. Okay, this is our first podcast. And I tried to make this as professional as possible, right? And it's so cool that we have sponsors. A sponsor. <laughs> Low and Slow Smokehouse are, are, like Andy mentioned, it's on the rooftop of our building. Mm -hmm. And we have an amazing rooftop view. I think the, you know, it's crazy. So, okay, there's a lot of good points about Lone Slow because there's one, the idea of the barbecue is amazing and the views amazing, but connected to the fact that the barbecue is amazing has a lot to do with Daniel. And I think that's something that I think I'm pumped to get Daniel on here because his history of making briskets in Texas and stuff like that. So the guy knows what he's doing. Daniel is the head pit master at Lone Slow Smokehouse, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, and he is 
he is skilled at his profession. It's 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 awesome having it's it's horrible for us because it's right upstairs and, and we are trying to lose weight. Yeah, so that's that's fun. And <laughs> and especially us working on the second floor, we smell all the things. Mm-hmm. Um so I am broke and I have gained some weight from Lone Slow, but I am happy and that's okay. <laughs> I think I I did the measurements and I'm pretty sure the smoke, the smoker is right above my office. Oh, it is. Okay, cool. So we're going to answer questions okay. for... So we're going to start off with Instagram. Uh, this follower has actually a couple questions. The first one, starting at Blue Line in three weeks uh, and IFR with only 172 experience and steam gauges. What advice do you have to prep for the DA40 in the glass cockpit before showing up? And who is this from? This is from, it's hard, Kikoa Becker. Sorry for murdering your name. Um, Kikoa Becker. Do you want to talk about this or do you want me to? You answer this one. Okay. Um, and the only reason why I'm taking it is just because, oh, well, you did your training in DA40, but still. When you were when you're doing the XLS, was that um, G1000? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so first to explain really simply, uh, and briefly the difference between glass cockpit and steam gauges, which is what this, uh, follower is asking is a steam gauge is the, whenever you go into the older planes and there's a bunch of dials and gauges all over the dash that, and that's how that's their instrumentation. Um, modern aircraft have what we call a glass cockpit and the plane's not made of glass. It's just that there's two digital displays and it's all consolidated into that digital display. So it's just more efficiently, um, it's more efficiently displayed for instrumentation. Say display again. Display. I don't know how many times I said display. <laughs> you actually uh, don't need to worry too much about the transition because he's already an up and coming student that's about to join our program. Um, we have people come into our program all the time that already have their private rating. But believe me, if you know your instrumentation and, and what they're indicating, you're fine. You'll be able to quickly adapt to the G1000 system. Um, next question. Is it hard to go to, this is from Cole Morgan. Is it hard to go to an accelerated flight school and then do an online college degree? So I think that can be an answered in two, two ways. Answer about doing college during the program and what you afterwards probably. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's difficult to do your accelerated program and then do the degree. What I do think is difficult is to do it at the same time. Yeah. Specifically (laughs) at a program like ours where we are the most efficient in the nation. So it's basically impossible. Yeah, to feed off that because when I was I came here to so on my vlog channel, I was actually going to vlog my experience going through flight school and it was it, I got like maybe into instrument and I quit. I was like there's no way. And that's just you quit that's vlogging, just, not quit, flight school quit to be vlogging. Clear. Yeah. I stayed in flight school. Um it is a very difficult program. I mean, it's the most efficient program in the nation. But I think going back to the original question, doing our accelerated program and then doing your degree afterwards would be very um, easily attainable. Yeah. Like I, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, a lot of instructors do that. And now we're actually partnered with Purdue Global. So you oh, can yeah, get yeah. your you can get your online degree in professional flight. Um, There's so a you, lot there. There's a lot yeah. of benefits that, okay, when we first partnered with Purdue, I didn't understand the big deal with it. So we it's Purdue Global to be specific. Right. So, so it's, it's all, all online. It's all online. Um, you get 20% off of, just your bachelor's degree or whatever? Yeah, you get 20% off the tuition. The tuition, um, okay. So each semester, or and they, they like, do terms, but each term. And then also you get at, at least 45 transfer credits for having done your training here at Blue Line. And it continues on, right? Yes. So then as you become a first officer, you get more. As you become a captain, you get more. When you get your ATP, you get more. So um, essentially you could get down to where you, it only takes you like a year to get your college degree after you have all of those 
after you have all those ranking, you know, increases and everything. Cause it's like, it was up to 80 credits or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So once again, <laughs> it's nuts to think that like it's the most efficient program, but then there's also the idea that you're getting into a most efficient college program as well. So it's just, we're all about efficiency clearly. And, and we will talk about this later too, but just to point it out, let's just do the math real quick. Going to an aviation college takes to fo- takes up to four to five years. Um, yeah, the average bachelor's right now is six years. For flight? like Oh, for just in general. Okay. Well, specifically at aviation colleges, none mentioned, but it's taking about five years, you know, just due to airplanes and instructors and all of yeah. that. Um, so let's just call it a four, though, because that's what typically a, a four-year degree is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then let's talk about Blue Line. You would be going through our program five and a half months. You know, as you can get all of those licenses in as little as five and a half months. And then from there, you're going to instruct for maybe a year and a half to two years. So let's just call it two years to mm-hmm. be, you know. Two years to play it safe. Right. That's like, safe. that's the max. So that's two years instructing, five and a half months of school. So let's just say two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And while you're instructing, you're doing your degree. So by the time you get to the airlines, you're already done with your degree or almost done with it. Whereas if you are going through an aviation college, you're not done yet when that other person is already there because after you get done you also have to instruct to get to 1500 hours which is so you're looking at like six years it's funny because we get our our instructor rating so our cfi class is actually probably our most well-known training program and it's because we finish students within like 10 days if sometimes less which is funny because there are other programs that take six months. Some people don't get their CFI rating until the third year in college. Uh, Leon Overland asked, but this kind of goes into what you already said. Transfer credits, does Blue Line Aviation's uh, credit towards a bachelor's in a university, which it does. Yes. Um, That's great. That's great. Just please see the previous question. <laughs> yeah. So already did there. Chapo Shorty Alvarado. Is it true that Blue Line is building a dorm apartment complex? And Ooh. does the loan cover the rent? Okay, good question. Yes, it is true. We are building a dorm. Right now, all of our students are housed in apartments um, a a town away. It's like 15 minutes away. It's Mm -hmm. where most of our instructors and staff live. Um, And so right now we have like 18 apartments because we have so many out-of-town students. Um, But we want to be able to have them closer. So we're building um, dorms right across the street from this facility. So you can literally just walk to school. Um, that'll be great for, you know, our students that don't come with cars and everything. For sure. Um, but yes, you can absolutely finance the cost of the housing um, in in your program with our with our lender Skybound. All right. Um, the next question is from Nate Flowers. Why should we choose your school over other schools? I'm going to keep this one brief. There's a video online called ATB versus Blue Line. <laughs> and Blue Line's even better now than even when I was going through the program. So uh, just check out that video. And believe me, that'll thoroughly discuss everything Um, and I'm hoping to get another video out soon that'll compare us to other flight schools as well. Yeah. And just piggybacking off of that. Um, I would also say if, you know, if you're able coming here for a tour, I think you will see the reason why we, you should choose blue line over other schools. Um, again, there are many flight schools for a reason and sometimes the other ones are better for you and that's fine. But if you come here and you're really, you really get to experience the culture and see, um, like our flight training with your own eyes, I think you'll, it'll answer itself. Yeah. I really want to point out the fact that like there's mom and pop shops who do more of like an a la carte style, uh, training where you pay for the instructor, the plane, the rental, the fuel, it's all hourly or, you know, you pay for it individually. And, um, that has a place for a lot of people. There are some people who for whatever reason can't do the financing or don't want to, 
Um, and there's or a need place to work or yeah, or they work in the midst of training and even though it's going to take them a couple years, but they, that works for them. There's a place for that type of program and there's a place for ours. If you want to become a career pilot and you want to get there as efficiently as possible, you can't top our program. Like it's, it's right. just that it's that straightforward. Someone wants to know how to start a pilot journey. I feel like I know that there's like, there's experts in this building that would be able to, that we can connect them to. Yes, there are. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you're asking specifically how to start a, a general pilot journey, um, I think you had mentioned last time, you know, finding whether you're passionate about it is really important. Oh, your why. <laughs> your why, yeah. right. Before anything, you really need to understand your why of you're getting into aviation. And what I mean by that is why are you getting into it? Is it because you just want to fly recreationally? Do you want to make a career out of it? Um, do you want to instruct, right? Get all these things figured out. So before you get into a fairly expensive, you know, career field or expensive training field, um, you're, you're going to have a very clear path of where you're going, right? So your right. money's being used efficiently. Right. And so. then once you figure that out and you figure out exactly what you want to do and you think Blue Land might be a good fit, we have, like he said, a whole team of training advisors who that's their job. Um, they, they will guide you through the entire, um, process. They'll take you on a tour. They'll get you set up with an assessment flight. Um, and, and just really make sure that we are a good fit for you and you're a good fit for them. Um, and all you have to do is visit our website and put your information in and somebody will contact you. And it's actually, okay. So this is a really cool thing too. I've been around businesses that have a no salesy environment, which is what our training advisors have. There, there isn't a salesy push with them. They're literally there just to answer questions and talk aviation with you. And they all have a genuine passion for aviation. Yeah, they're they're more like um, student advisors, like at colleges. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. they they just help you out. You know, if you know where you want to go, they're going to present you with the facts and make sure that we will be a good fit for each other, and that it'll we'll have a good mutually beneficial relationship. And and typically, what I've always found interesting about that was when you're in a non-sales environment. My experience with previous businesses that I've dealt with is that people in a non-sales environment typically don't care. Like there's this lack of care there, right? There's no incentive or anything. But what's cool about this is the environment we're in. You're in a very niche industry with a very passionate group of people. Right. So it, it works out that they're not going to try to sell you on the program and nor are they going to um, not care and just push you to the side. Uh, looking on YouTube... Um, what can we expect from the first couple of weeks being at Blue Line Aviation? I got this. Great question. I got this. So I went through the program. Who's that question from? <laughs> uh, this question's from Intrigue Learner. Okay. Well, I don't think that's your real name. That's so. an intriguing question, Intrigue Learner. <laughs> um, it's like uh, consuming information in the sense of like a fire hose is being sprayed into your face. Um, What's the proper phrase that people use for that? I feel like I said Drinking that out of a fire hose. Drinking out of a fire hose. I did hose. think That's you said it weird. It's like, um, I it's like learning information me. with a fire hose spraying up your nose. <laughs> oh, I knew that sounded ridiculous. I'm leaving that in there. Okay. It is, though. It is. It's like drinking from a fire hose. And there are things you can do to prepare. And this is why we always push students before they come on is get all your written's done. And I always add a, a, an additional thing there to read the PHAC cover to cover, which is the Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge. Listen to your instructor, listen to the staff. If you just do that, you will be fine. You will get through the program. So. In addition, use your resources because you have your instructor, but you also have the entire Blue Line staff rooting you on mm -hmm. and or rooting for you. And the instructors that are walking in the halls, I mean, we have like 40 instructors now. There's always going to be an instructor walking by. You can ask them a question if you're struggling with something. Um, 
and they want to help you. You know, that that's what they went through flight school for. So. Yeah, our structures is and that our structure really helps out with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're structured in academies. Right. So if you're going through private, you're you have a private instructor, but you also are surrounded by private instructors. Right. So you have access to all of them at any time. Um, and even if you're getting a little ahead of the game, which is which happens in our program. Some people can get a little bit of a head, right, and be looking at instrument. You can go start talking to instrument instructors. Mm-hmm. There's also the idea that we do one-on-one grounds. Not mm-hmm. I. This was just a shocker to me. I thought this was just a norm, but at Blue Line, we actually do one-on-one grounds. You with an instructor alone. He knows where your current weaknesses and strengths are. Or you know, she. Mm, yeah. It's or 2022, she. remember? I'm sorry, Tatiana. I'm sorry, Emily. <laughs> well, am I missing anybody else? Um Great name for the podcast. Oh, this is from Seamus. Yeah, that's how you say that. Seamus Hillary. Okay. Or Hillary. Hillary. Um, great name for the podcast. How many students are going through flight training without a college degree right now? Oh, gosh. The majority? Uh, the majority of them. <laughs> I, I mean. Most are 18 to 22 years old, and they some are like straight out of high school. Yeah. So. A very high majority. I don't know an exact percentage or an exact number, but I would say high 90s that do not have a degree. Yeah. The Michael Carter Show asked, um, where did Bravo Lima derive from? Hence the fact that I flew in 469 Bravo Lima during my Discovery flight um, last year in September. Y'all have a safe and blessed holiday. Thanks, Michael. Um, Does that mean the name of the podcast or the name of the company? I think he's talking about the podcast because okay. he's asking specifically about Bravo Lima, which gotcha. you already answered. Yes. Yeah, so, so see minute three. 17. <laughs> See, in the, yeah, it's somewhere in the beginning of this podcast. Where will we be able to listen to this podcast? I'm hoping that we can get it on every platform possible. There's obviously going to be the video form, which will get posted on YouTube and Facebook. Anchor FM, Spotify, um, Apple Music or Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Yeah, not Apple Music. We're not that cool yet. Um, <laughs> we'll start singing on the podcast. And we only have one more question on Facebook. Um... Okay, Daniel Woodard asks, I'm curious about what jobs you are seeing graduates get right out of training besides instructing at Blue Line. What percent of graduates actually instruct at Blue Line? Look forward to seeing it. Exciting times to be a freshly minted commercial single, commercial multi, CFII, and MEI. Yeah. Question for me? Yeah, let's, I'll throw that towards you. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, he's actually a student here right now. So, um, But his name's not actually Daniel. It's right? Cole. It's Cole. Yeah. So you thanks, lied. Cole. You lied, Daniel. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say a very, just going back to the other question where we said the high majority, a very high majority of students when they graduate are instructing. Um, That's just what a a high majority of of flight school students do because they went through and got their instructor instructor certificates. Um, But we have, you know, Morgan's a great example. She's flying um, like pipeline surveillance in Texas. Um, Yeah, some people just don't like instructing. Like it's not their passion. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine. You know, she has her instructor certificates if she ever wants to fall back on that. Um, but we have some people who have gone straight to like um, cargo. We have some people who went to, there are some airlines, um, like very small, like less than regionals that that offer jobs like for like commercial pilots. Like 135? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, as like SIC positions and everything. Um, but again, a very high majority are instructing. Um, and then the percentage of students that are instructing at Blue Line, I would say probably about 60% of our graduates right now. Um, we only hire the best of the best. So we tell everybody when they come in to treat every day as if it's a job interview, you know, show up on time, um, be prepared, all of that. Um, but some people choose to go home. You know, a lot of our students aren't from here. So some of them want to go back home. They have families and um, spouses and they just want to be back home. Um, but we yeah. do hire the best of the best here, um, to instruct. So, um, I would say right now that's about 60. Yeah. 
I feel like it'd be more, but I don't know. I don't see the data on the back end. Um, yeah, because there's like another one is jump pilots. That's something I almost considered doing. So where you be a pilot for those that are jumping out of planes mm-hmm. for a living, not for a living, but for fun of it. Yeah. Like parachuters. Parachuters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it'd be cool because typically you can go do that in like tropical climates mm-hmm. and that would be great. You, or don't, you, could, you don't get a lot of hours, but yeah. it's a phenomenal job. <laughs> you can also, there's also, um, banner towing, like banner towing, people yeah. who live near the beach often can get jobs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't, not that I know of, haven't had anybody that has gone and done that, but yeah, it is, know. but you can get that with low hours as well. Yeah. So that answers all of the questions that we had from. Say that again. Okay. We're going to say it again. <laughs> so that, so that, so that answer, what did you say? I don't know what I said. Um, <laughs> so that answers all the questions from all the followers that uh, submitted their questions on our social media. Uh, this is about the point that we wrap it up, that we're going to say goodbye on our first podcast, our pilot our episode. Our pilot episode. <laughs> so funny. Well, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us for our pilot episode. I'm I'm a little sad I'll never be able to say that again. You can say it as much as you want. Okay, every episode will be our every, pilot episode. Every episode. <laughs> and Goose says goodbye, too. Almost. Bye. Almost. Just <laughs> pulling his head in. Okay. Well, that being said, guys, my name's Andy. Guys are clear. Comms are closed. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> okay, bye.